Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. I love seeing them enjoy this math program and grow in their mathematical journey. Thank you so much for all that you are doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am back today with one of my favorite people and favorite all-time guests ever on the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. And also, wow, wow, I know, wow is right. (laughs) I don't say that about everybody. And also one of my favorite cast members on Schoolhouse Rocked, the homeschool revolution. So you are part of our Meet the Cast lineup and this is Brian Osborne. We are so glad to have you back with us. Welcome, Brian. It is so good to be here. And you're my favorite interviewer. interviewer. So, I mean, it all works out great. It's just perfect how it nice. all comes together. I <laughs> love really, it. It's awesome hanging out. It truly is. And uh, so great to be with you and to chat a little bit and uh, talk about God and what he's doing. Amen. Amen for that. It's so much fun um, to have you back. It's been such a long time since we've had you on the podcast. And so I think a lot of people don't know maybe who you are. And as we're doing the Meet the Cast lineup, we're here because we want people to know who this Brian Osborne guy is and get to know you before they even get to watch the movie. (laughs) And you don't don't scare them away. (laughs) I won't scare them away. (laughs) What's super cool is you jumped on your video and I said, I recognize that office. And you are sitting in your office where we actually filmed with you for Schoolhouse Rocked. And that was about four years ago. Four years ago, four or five, right? It was a long time ago. That may have been the last time I dusted my shelves as well, but yeah, it's been a while. (laughs) I think I actually see the layer of dust behind you (laughs) with the dinosaurs because you, Brian, you work for Answers in Genesis. And so you are in the creation, you're like in the offices right now, sitting inside of the Creation Museum. Exactly right, yeah. So. I'm in the back of the museum. The offices for the different ministerial staff are here in the back of the Creation Museum. I'm a speaker for Answers in Genesis, for those who aren't familiar. And of course, Answers in Genesis, we are a biblical authority ministry that's really about equipping Christians to defend the faith, to proclaim the gospel, to just be the salt and light God's called us to be in obedience to 1 Peter 3.15 and Jude one three and many other Bible verses. Uh, we are the ministry that produced the Ark Encounter mm-hmm. and the Creation Museum. Of course, the Ark Encounter is a life-size replica of Noah's Ark. The Creation Museum is 75,000 square foot walk through biblical history, both located in northern Kentucky. Uh, actually, the top uh, Christian attractions in the world, I think, if I remember correctly. The guy's just so blessed in so many ways. And uh, the point of the attractions is the point of what I do as a speaker is to proclaim truth, to defend biblical authority, and proclaim the gospel. And so that's really kind of what we're all, all about here at Answers in Genesis. Amen. I love your yeah. ministry. We um, we have been privy to AIG curriculum for many, many years now, and we are so thankful and grateful for the stand that you take on biblical truth. Um, and it's really Absolutely. funny as we think about you having been part of the movie, and it's so neat to see how the Lord just orchestrated the cast. We yeah. called, for those who maybe haven't heard this story, we <laughs> were heading to Cincinnati, and we, and, and you're right outside of Cincinnati. And so we called 
the Creation Museum and we said, hey, we are filming this documentary on homeschooling. We'd really like to interview Ken Ham. And we gave him the dates and they said, okay, we'll get back to you. They called us back and they said, well, Ken's not available when you're going to be here. He's going to be out of town. But there's this right. other guy named Brian Osborne who, you know, he might be a good interviewee for you. And we're like, all right, sure. Yeah, let's interview <laughs> that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Roll the dice, see what happens, right? <laughs> and uh, man, we are so grateful because you you have one of the strongest voices in the movie, I think probably next to Heidi St. John. Um, yeah. your she did voice a great is, job, by the way. Yeah, oh, she, she, did an, yeah. she did an incredible job. And I know you guys work really closely with Heidi as well. That's right, yep. Um, but you have probably... Um, the the most screen time in the movie i think and and you know next to heidi yeah. and myself and it was really neat to sit down with you and to just kind of do this raw interview and we found out that you'd been a public school teacher you and your wife both right. for yeah. many over a decade and just the things that you had learned by being in the public school system and the kind of decline right. of culture that you saw happening um and so I kind of want, I, I want to start there. I want to talk a little bit yeah. about what you start, go, kind of go back to your years of teaching in public school, okay. what you started to see there, and then bring us around to where we are today and why, why mm -hmm. are we in this just, it's not even a decline anymore. I mean, it's like literally cr culture is crumbling all around us. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I think free fall is a good word. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Well, yeah, so going back, uh, I guess it was, wow, so about 20 years ago, I started teaching Bible history in a public school in Tennessee. So a very unique opportunity. I got to teach the Bible in a public school in a public setting and did that for 13 years. And really, I loved teaching. I was teaching the Bible, teaching high school students, and could see got to work through that. And uh, But during that tenure of teaching Bible history, you could just see in those 13 years, generation by generation, my students knew less and less about the Bible. And there was, there was less and less of a biblical worldview and sequential generations that I engaged as I was teaching my class. And really, in a sense, you can see my curriculum got more simple over time as they go back to more basic ideas but to start my class to teach them because they didn't have a biblical worldview. Right. And then in the context of those years, basically from 2001, 2014-ish in that time frame, you begin to see just so much of a shift in their culture based on more ideology that was permeating the secular school system. More of these secular ideas became more front and center in the public school. And as the public schools sought to address problems that everybody was noticing in the public schools, the sources they went to to try to find answers to deal with the problems were secular sources, secular ideologies. You think about things like today where you have some Buddhist ideologies of your breathing techniques, or you have these different secular ideologies of like the LGBTQ plus movement to really, you got to find your gender, find your sexuality, and just just you be you, and that'll bring you happiness, and that'll, that'll fix all your problems. And of course, we know from a biblical worldview, nothing could be further from the truth. But when you're embracing these secular ideologies, they'll turn you down the wrong path. And so just those secular ideas became, they were creeping in more and more. And they've been there for a while, but they're more simmering under the surface. They're creeping in more and more, becoming more and more predominant. And so when I left teaching a little over seven years ago, things have changed quite a bit. Um, but man, e even seven years ago, I could not imagine the drastic change we've seen in the last seven years in the policies that have become kind of common in much of the public school sector. These policies that are rooted in secular ideology in regards to sexuality, gender, homosexuality, uh, teaching in general, 
attitude towards God, Christianity, towards prayer. Uh, I mean, it has changed so drastically as we really do see our culture in many ways rebelling full on against a biblical worldview, against the idea of the Christian God. And I'll, and you've heard me say this before, and I, and I always kind of give this caveat. Even now, I have many friends who are still teachers who are Christians who, mm-hmm. who are in the public school system, who love God and they love kids. and They're trying to be a light in a very dark place. And that's a good thing. We praise God for those missionaries. That's what they are. They're missionaries. We praise God for them. But we make no mistake that the system itself is inherently really atheistic. It's naturalistic, atheistic, because the system itself is kind of run based on the philosophy that you can and must explain all things with only natural processes. God's not allowed in the conversation at all. He's just not part of it. And if he's not part of it, you're assuming you don't need him to understand these realities of life, whether you talk about economics, math, science, or English. If he's not needed, if he's he's outside of it, that inherently is an atheistic worldview. So you're teaching, maybe not on purpose, but this secular atheistic ideology permeating our culture, we're seeing the fruits of that. And so I think we have seen for so long now this cult, this secular ideology permeating our culture. And on top of that, not just the culture, but permeating much of the church. Yeah. And many Christians have compromised so much of God's word with the secular thinking of our day in different areas, whether it's origins, throughout history, evolution, the beers, eight men, stuff like that, or whether it's around the issues of sexuality or morality or gender or whatever, we're, set, we're compromising God's word. We've undermined biblical authority. And so we're seeing the collapse of the Christian worldview. We've allowed the foundation of the biblical worldview, which is the authority of scripture, to be eroded over time, it is crumbling and collapsing. Thus, the Christian worldview is collapsing because the foundation has collapsed. Right. And so, you know, our our focus as a ministry is to encourage, equip, and challenge Christians to stand firm on the foundation of this God's word and to equip themselves and those under their charge, under their care, yep. to stand firm on that foundation. Amen for that. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. What we do at IEW is break through the the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com. We are back with Brian, and what you said at the very end, uh, right before the break, is exactly where I want to go with this podcast, because we're talking about our culture crumbling all around us, and we don't have a foundation. It's because we don't have a foundation. You know, we're our neighborhood that we're living in right now, they're building houses right next to us. I mean, literally today, the house right next to us, they're framing it. So they built the foundation a couple of weeks ago. And, um, and it's been incredible to just, it's amazing to watch that process of a brand new house going up and they would never dream of building the frame around the house without the foundation being poured and set first. They didn't do it that way. They didn't do it that way. Imagine (laughs) that they didn't just build the, 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 the frame on the dirt and, um, you know, kind of, it, it, it's interesting to just think, you know, God, God's word tells us about this stuff. He warns That's us about right. these things. He, he is so good to tell us exactly what's expected. Yet parents still today tend to sometimes ignore that instruction from the Lord. And so sure. we're not equipping our children. We're not setting that foundation for them. We think that because 
they go to youth group on Wednesday night or they go to church on Sunday morning or because they feed the homeless or because they do all of these these things that are oftentimes good, sometimes right. dangerous, but you know, oftentimes they're good, that their kids are being fed what they need to be fed. And they're not taking the responsibility to train up their families and to lead their houses. And so right. Brian, with you being a dad and a husband, I really want to talk today specifically to dads. I mean, we're talking to moms too. That's the majority of our audience, but I want to talk to dads and I'm hoping that moms who are listening to this, maybe they'll pause it and bring their husband in to listen to the rest sure. of this week, because I, I think that most of us don't realize how very important dad's role is in yeah. teaching, training, discipling, and leading his family. It's not right. just mom. It's not just mom using a Christian curriculum from Answers in Genesis. It's dad saying, this is my family that God has blessed me with, and it's my responsibility to train them up. So can you talk to dads about the importance of discipling yeah. their families? And then I want to talk about how to do that. I want to give some really practical advice on how they can lead their family spiritually. Yeah, I'll tell you what, there's so much to be said in regards to why we as fathers should be doing this and doing it as well. I mean, there's so many different angles to approach it from. I think I'll just start from this angle from the beginning. Number one, I mean, if you're a father, if you're a husband, then we've got a commission by God to lead our families towards Him, to lead them in understanding of His Word. Think about Deuteronomy 6, that as we lead our families, as we raise our kids, as we walk by the way, as we go down, as we rise up, that we are to teach our kids the statutes of the Lord, that they may know them and build their thinking from that foundation. The overall principle of Scripture that when God made Adam first, and He made Adam the head of the home, and the wife is to be the helper. By the way, dear women, you guys know this, the, the term helper is not a diminutive, it's not actually, it's not lowering the woman in any way, shape, or form. God calls Himself the helper of man numerous times. It's just a title given to a woman where she comes along, man, uses her strength to help man lead the family in a way that glorifies God and what the man is supposed to do in his leadership. When you think about the biblical description of men leading their family, literally, we are to lead our families the way Christ led the church, which is Christ came to earth, God became flesh. Talk about putting aside of your prerogative and your privileges. He put aside those things, came to earth, and he laid down his life ultimately to the point of putting his life, putting himself on the cross and dying that death on the cross uh, for the bride, for the bride of Christ. He laid down his life and we are to emulate that. We're supposed to be a picture of Christ and his love for the church. And so, man, we're called by God to lay down our lives, mm. to push our families closer to Christ. And we might be used by God. They got to work through our lives to mold our our wives and our children, our family, uh, more into the image of Christ, that He can work through that family in a greater way for His glory and our eternal good. And so the whole point of the family and the marriage unit is there to glorify God, but be an example of how Christ loved the church. So men would love our wives, our wives in that way. And and let me just say this as I, I dive into all this before I sound too preachy or too self-righteous. I hope it don't come across that way. But men, if you're listening, I mean, I struggle with this as much, if not more, than anybody else. Yeah. Learning to learning to die to self. That's not easy for anybody. Right. I don't care who you are. So dying to self, dying to your prerogative, dying to what you might prefer to do on a particular day, dying to what you might fear and what you might feel in, inadequate to do, putting aside all those things and saying, no matter how I feel, no matter what I might want, I'm willing to seek to obey God first and foremost and be the husband and the father that God's called me to be. And in a very real way, men, 
as we are, yes, we're the leaders of the home. We're the lead in a way where we lay down our lives, but we are, we're going to give an account before God for how we stewarded our lives and the lives of those in our family that God gave to us. Yeah. How do we steward those things? And so I think just from that angle, we have a calling by God, a commissioning by God, and we're accountable to God. So that's a whole lot of good reasons right there to understand why this is so important. And then you just think about your kids, your wife. I mean, dear husband, I know if you're like me, you want your wife to have joy and have life and to uh, really find what is meaningful in this life and to live a life that has eternal purpose that is for God's glory and her good. And the way you help in that is help lead her in a way that pushes her closer to Christ, to be molded into the image of Christ. The same thing for our kids. I mean, I think about our kids. My, my son, Ian, is seven. My daughter, Macy, is three. And uh, man, I can't love them any more than I do. I want what is best for them. Yeah. And it's really easy to look at the physical stuff and say, okay, I want to be sure that my kids have food, they've got clothes, they've got housing, you know, we've got insurance and all that kind of stuff to meet their physical needs. That's important. That's not irrelevant. It's needed. Right? It's a good thing. And so we should meet those needs. But so often, we, especially as men, we tend to look at just the physical stuff and say, okay, if I've met all of our needs that way, and I've given them some cool toys and they're free, they have fun playing with that stuff and they got their physical needs met, then they're all good, right? And that is so short-sighted, right. so lacking in internal perspective because what they ultimately need more than anything is to be conformed to the image of Christ. They need to, first of all, understand their sinner, that they're born a sinner by nature and then consequently by choice. They need saving through the last Adam, Jesus Christ. They need to repent of their sins, put their faith in Christ. They need to be indwelled by the Holy Spirit after being saved, which they will be if they're saved. They'll be indwelled by the Holy Spirit. And they need to be molded into the image of Christ through discipleship through the reading of his word through his through prayer time as a family through pushing i mean that's what they need more than anything that is their greatest need not only for eternity which is most important but even earthly yeah if their only focus on this planet is just earthly things that life is very shallow and ultimately meaningless in and of itself but when it has an eternal purpose an eternal focus even the things of this world have real meaning their focus ultimately towards christ and so for our kids their salvation their joy the meaning of their life, eternal purpose, all those things are wrapped up in us seeking to disciple them in a godly way. And of course, it's up to God to save them. Let's make that clear. Right. Salvation is God's work. But we need to be doing everything we can to be obedient to God, that He might work through us to accomplish that in His perfect timing for His glory. Yeah. Amen. I love that you talk about giving an account. I think oftentimes we don't think about that we don't think about yeah. the fact that one day we're going to stand face to face with our creator and we That's are right. going to give an account for how we raised our kids and our kids are going to give an account for what they did with with their relationship with the lord you know right um you know based on age you know a, a, a one-year-old's not going to give a whole lot of account for you know their one-year-old sure. tantrums but um but you know, we we need to raise our kids for them to understand that as well. Like one day you are going to face your Creator, That's and you're right. going to have to answer to Him. And you know, what are we doing for His kingdom? How are we living our lives? Because so often, and and I see this more and more in the church today. I don't know if you notice this, but I feel like so many churches. And I'm not saying it's bad to go out to your community, but I feel like right. so many churches today are so focused on going out and serving the community. And they're right. forgetting to train their own 
they're forgetting to train the the fathers in their church to disciple the hearts of their children and the, and the mothers sure. to do the same. And uh, and I personally, I think that's part of the reason why we are where we are today as a culture is because we have forgotten that. We have forgotten that we are going to answer to God one day and that it really is our responsibility to do that. But we are out of time. We're going to come back on Wednesday. And we're <laughs> gonna, fast. I know it goes by so fast, huh? Time flies when you're having I fun. I talked way too much. I'm sorry. No, no, no. no. You're here to talk. <laughs> they hear me talk okay. all the time. <laughs> okay, good. We're going to come back on yeah. Wednesday and talk about uh, the how to, I, we've talked about the why, why it's important yeah. to, to disciple the hearts of our children. Um, so Wednesday, let's talk more about how we can do that with our kids. So, um, Brian, where can people find out more about you, Brian Osborne and answers in Genesis and all the exciting things you have going on? Absolutely. So they can go to answers in Genesis.org answers in Genesis.org. That's our website. And you got information there about the ministry. There are thousands of articles about biblical authority, biblical truths, equipping yourself and your kids or grandkids to stand on biblical authority, giving answers to all sorts of issues about the biblical authority, truth, origins, gender issues, sexuality issues, biblical truths, and, and all that things to help in the process of giving you tools to equip yourself and your family. Uh, you can find out information about speakers like myself on the website. You're there for all that information. If you won't, then you go to Facebook. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, just look up Brian Osborne and uh, Answers of Genesis. And you'll find my page, and you're welcome to send me a, a message there and interact there. We'd love to help any way that I can. Uh, but yeah, Facebook mainly. I don't, I don't do much on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> a little scary out there. But, the, uh, but Facebook and then, of course, the website. Okay, sounds great. We'll put all those links in the show notes. Thank you awesome. so much, Brian. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back with you on Wednesday. Have a great afternoon. We'll see you then. Bye. Every year, parents just like you are discovering Classical Conversations, a vibrant, supportive Christian homeschooling program that's been equipping parents since 1997 with the resources, tools, guidance, and encouragement they need to homeschool their children with confidence and prepare them for a lifetime of success. Visit our website at classicalconversations.com to find a nearby community and learn more about homeschooling the Classical Conversations way. Classical Conversations, Christian homeschooling simplified.